right, uh, that is our next series. It's happening next Sunday, and it's, I'm really excited about this series. This is one of those series we, our staff plans uh, a year in advance, all of our sermon series, and um, as we were all in the room together, we were throwing some stuff up on the wall. I had come up with this idea. I said, what about this hill to die on? And we could talk about stuff uh, that a lot of Christians argue about that really aren't hill to die, they're not hill to die on, hill, you know what I'm saying. Anyway, and, uh, and the more I was speaking it, the more I'm like, I think I really hate this idea. And the, all the rest of them was like, yes, yes, that's great, it's great, because they're not preaching it. So um, it's going to be fun. Uh, uh, some of you guys, uh, we're going to have dialogues about, you know, what's uh, central to the faith and what's not. And man, it's just, there's a lot of things that the church and Christians, we just really argue very, very well about that I don't know if Jesus would argue that much about. So uh, that's what we're going to be talking about over the next few weeks. But if y'all would welcome my wife, Kim. Uh, she's going to be uh, answering our questions today. So thank you hey, so everybody. much. Hey, everybody. Good morning. <clears throat> And uh, thank you so much for interacting with us today, and uh, you can, like I said, you continue to do those questions. So, um, uh, well, let me say this. Before we launch into some of these uh, individual questions that you guys have texted us, let me say this. that Some of these questions are very, very difficult and they're very emotionally fueled, and uh, we're going to kind of struggle through answering these questions. We're not going to give you our opinion, uh, but we want to be able to interact today uh, with God's Word because you don't want to hear my opinion, and God's Word is the only thing uh, that really does bring life. So um, as we struggle through this, just know that uh, we're not perfect, and we don't have a perfect marriage, and we're still uh, working things out after 22 years of marriage. So, um, uh, so anyway, just give us a little bit of grace, and that's all I ask. Cool? You ready? I'm ready. All right, sweet. Let's do it. All right, one or two hours. Activate. Activate. Form water. Form of an eagle. All right. <laughs> All right, let's do question one. Um, how early should we have the birds and the bees discussion with our kids? Never. Don't ever have it. Don't have that discussion. All right, no next birds question. And the bees. Okay, good. That was easy. Let's All go right. on. <laughs> <laughs> um, birds and the bees. Let's see. Well, I'm going to say, first of all, that... Um, you have to, first of all, know your children. Um, I think there's a lot that goes into this. I think it depends on, do you have boys or girls or both? Um, what are their ages? What are their personalities? And also, what is the climate in your home concerning the subject of intimacy and physical relations and all of that? I say that because I grew up in a very conservative home where these weren't conversations that we had often or at all. Um, I was an only child for the majority of my life, and my understanding was when you get married, there are things you can do, and before that, you just don't discuss it. You don't talk about it. You don't mention it. It's all hush-hush. Um, so for me, it was something that was kind of like taboo and unknown and cloaked, and, um, and Chris and I had a conversation when we started having children about, you know, we, we don't want it to be that way. Um, we don't want it to be like it's some scary thing or some embarrassing thing or some unknown thing. Um, and so we decided early on um, that, first of all, Chris would get to handle that uh, question. That would be his area. Because, Since we have three boys. Right? He's a dude. He gets to handle the dude. So, yes. <laughs> um, so that worked out in my favor. And, um, but, you know, really, ultimately, what it boils down to is this. It is our responsibility as we raise our parents to teach our children truth. What version of truth do you want them to hear? 
Do you want them to hear the truth that comes from God's word and from your mouth and from what you and your spouse believe? Or do you want them to hear the twisted, somewhat complicated, not always correct version that the world calls truth? Do you want them to know what God, God's word has to say or do you want them to know what the television has to say? Do you want them to know what's, what is scripturally based and what will have them, help them have honor and integrity in their relationships and in their physical intimacy? Or do you just want them to kind of blunder around and figure it out on their own? I think for most of us in here, the first is going to be the answer. So, so that should take away all that nervousness about it. Now, does it mean that we're going to be perfectly versed in how we talk about it? No. But as Chris likes to say, it's a conversation. It's not just a talk. It's a conversation. So yep. you want to... And that's exactly right. It's a beginning of a conversation because I don't want this to be uh, just, I talk about it once and we're done. Uh, how we do it with our boys, and I'm, it's not right or wrong, it's just how we do it, is uh, in between 5th to 6th grade, uh, I will usually take them away for a weekend, and we'll go canoeing, because I like canoeing, and, uh, and we'll, have, you know, we'll, we'll start this conversation. Like I said, I don't like really talking about having the talk, uh, because we want this to never really be over. Um, uh, we, I want this to, as a parent and, and my kids, I want us to be able to continue to talk about things well into when, they're, when they have children. Uh, and um, one of our, our core values here at One Church is we believe that what happens at home is more important than what happens at the church. Uh, and we want to be able to help you and help parents uh, put you guys on third base as you talk about this. So God's, uh, what I love about this is God's Word does speak about this. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 6 and 7, this is what Moses uh, wrote. It says, these commandments that I've given you today are to be on your hearts. Now, that's what he's saying. They should be on your hearts. So how do you do that? Here's how you do it. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Those are four different environments he's saying, which is pretty much all the time. Look for those teachable moments where you can be able to speak truth into their, uh, into their life. And again, I know some of this stuff is awkward, and I get that, but it's only as awkward many times as you make it. So um, just be able to not have a talk, but start a conversation. We just had a question come in that um, pairs well with this, so okay. I'm going to add it in. It says, um, uh, dating is the beginning of a strong marital relationship centered on Christ. What do you believe is the right age to begin to date? I can answer that one. Okay. Never. Okay, good, good. It's going well this morning. <coughs> it is. Yeah. Um, gosh, you know, again, this is one of those things where... You have to take it by a, a, a child-to-child, uh, you know, student-to-student basis. Uh, my wife and I, I'll be honest with you, this is one that you and I disagreed on. Yes. Um, growing, uh, you know, as we were trying to work this out with our first son. Um, I didn't really date when I was in high school. Um, I, I wanted to uh, really focus on other things, mainly my relationship with, with God. I know that sounds, oh, that's holier than that. I really wasn't trying to be that. I just knew that if I started down some paths, I would probably make some really poor decisions. Um, so, um, that was my experience, um, and I really kind of started dating, uh, 
kind of the beginning of college. Um, but uh, Kim, let, let, let's, I mean, how do my, we deal with that? Well, mine was a little opposite because same, same type of thing. Dating wasn't really discussed much. So, you know, sometimes a child is going to be fine with saying, if you say you can't date, okay. Other times your child is going to go, huh? Well, why not? And then they begin the process of discovery of why shouldn't I do that thing? And not even in a necessarily rebellious way, but sometimes it can cause more questions and wondering and take up more time in their mind. So it's like this balance, which we hate the word balance. We think it's a knob on the radio um, because we feel like you're kind of swinging back and forth between one extreme and another throughout most of our lives. So we get a little bit of season of somewhere in the middle and then we're off again. But um, so to me, I wanted to create an environment where you, you can talk to someone and get to know someone and maybe hang out in a group friend environment um, so that it's not, once again, it's not this cloaked, mysterious thing, mm-hmm. but that you begin to learn proper um, etiquette sounds really uh, high, but um, that you begin to learn how those relationships work. Do, do um, you know how to treat yes. another person. Yes. You know how to treat a girl. Now you know how to supposed to treat a guy. Go yes. Ahead. So for us, we generally kind of set like that 16 as a guideline. Uh, we did allow our oldest son to do some dating before then. Honestly, was it the best thing? Go ahead. You can I ain't said that. nothing. You just continue. I think my son's in here, so I'm just going to shut up. I don't so, see uh, him. Are you here, Walt? Oh, oh, okay, yeah. yeah, okay. Next question. What, what do you think, Walt? He <coughs> <laughs> said you should wait, because, uh, you know, we, we kept coming out with the what if you get your heart broken part. You know, that's the part that uh, comes later. And so. it's, diff- it's just difficult. So let me say this. I, I, that, this is kind of an opinion. I don't have anything from the Bible that you should do it at this age or this age, but just be involved. Be involved with your student, with your teenager. Um, if that means if they're going to start dating, then you go on a double date with you and your husband and, and you know, her and his, her boyfriend or whatever it is. I'm getting all messed up. You know what I'm saying, all right? That you double date together. Uh, don't give them opportunities where, you know, they're just out by themselves and they're acting like adults. So um, I'll tell you, and this is controversial, don't care, this is how I do it. My children, we, at any time, we can look at any text messages, any Facebook, anything. Uh, because they're living under our roof, and our job is not to be their friend, but we want to protect them. Um, so, uh, anyway, um, y'all may disagree, you're wrong, okay? <laughs> Question two. So, Merry Christmas, by the way. Uh, what are the boundaries inside of marriage? Uh, what is okay, what's not okay? Um, I'll say this, uh, boundaries inside of marriage, uh, you have a certificate, you have a license to chill, right? So you, anything and everything inside of marriage, as long as between you and your spouse, and you're not bringing any third party stuff in there is okay. Um, uh, remember one of the big ideas we've talked about with this series is selfishness destroys intimacy. That's one of the things I would warn you about. If it's all about you and getting your needs met, uh, then, uh, then selfishness will destroy that intimacy. But don't bring any outside pornography, anything like that inside the relationship. Mm. So, um, sometimes when, uh, we're preparing to do things like this, Chris will jot down some thoughts that are up here on the giant iPad um, the screen of knowledge. Anyway, uh, and uh, Chris, Chris wrote this line for me, and this morning I was like, this doesn't really sound like anything I would say, but I'm going to read it to you because it's here, and this will help give us some direction. So, the Song of Solomon 
certainly depicts a husband and wife who verbally and physically celebrate each other. Okay, so basically what that's saying is the Bible gives you permission, okay? The Bible says once you're married and you've made that commitment and you're in covenant, you do what you're going to do. Now, once again, from my background, I grew up in a household where things weren't discussed that much. So my whole life, the feeling was you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't. And then on December the 11th of 1993, I said I do, and then it's like, you do. Oh yeah, you do, and you do, and you're going to. And um, so for me, <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, it's true. It's just how I felt. Um, and I mean, my gosh, you did. Wrap this anyway, up. Keep on going. We anyway, got more questions. Anyway. Whoever thought this was a good idea needs to be shot. It was you. I know. I'm telling you. You were the one who chose it. <laughs> So anyway, just that idea that men and women approach intimacy differently, and uh, just keep that in mind mm. as you come to this. this is, I mean, this is a journey. You know, when in, in the physical realm of your marriage, I mean, that's something that grows just like your communication and just like managing money and all those other things. This is an area at, that grows. So just make sure that you're growing together yeah, there. Absolutely, absolutely. That's a, you did that good. good. Thank you. All right, Appreciate question that. number three. What are the boundaries outside of marriage? What if we really love each other? What about living together before getting married? Uh, I will simply say this. Both the Old Testament and the New Testament uh, are full of commands to avoid sexual relations before marriage. One of the things we talked about in this series is that sex, God has given sex as a gift to be opened within the context of marriage. And any time you open that gift outside of any other context, it is going to hinder your ability to give intimacy and to receive intimacy. God is not a cosmic killjoy up in heaven saying, you can't, you can't, you can't, because he doesn't want you to have fun. Uh, God is wanting to protect you so that when you can and when you do, uh, you're able to receive um, uh, somebody. Uh, there's a big idea. Uh, I, I preached from a sermon years ago that purity paves the way to intimacy. And what that simply means is when you say, uh, when you keep yourself pure in your teenage years before, you're, before you actually get married, uh, college years, all this stuff, and then once you do say, I do, uh, you're going to be able to receive and give intimacy so much better because you were pure. Mm-hmm. So um, mm-hmm. anyway. It's a slippery slope because a lot of times you'll hear people say, you know, we really love each other. Really love, well, I really love pizza. I really love some donuts. But, you know, love is a feeling that can change very easily. So I think you have to be careful basing such intimate decisions on what you're feeling. Because I may really love Chris right now, but when we get home this afternoon, if he makes me mad, I'm going to be like, oh, you are under my skin. You know, and so, so that feeling can change from one minute to the next. So I think to base it on that is just is not the wisest thing. We have to watch You're out. Exactly right. Watch out for you that. You can't base your relationship with one another on feelings. That's what my wife just said. Because as she and she's totally right. Feelings come and feelings go. It has to be a better foundation than feelings. Mm-hmm. Because if you only base it on feelings, what happens when you fall out of love? Um, so there has to be a commitment there. Um, and again, we've talked about this so much here. So um, uh, here's another question. Uh, how honest should I be in my marriage about my needs, about my feelings, about past indiscretions, etc.? So um, I think honesty is a huge foundation. Um, 
Chris and I were talking when we were dating that we wanted to be sure that we had conversations about things that might be a ghost in the closet before we got to say I do. Um, you don't want to say I do and walk out of the church and get in the car to leave for your honeymoon and have all this stuff swirling around in your mind of, oh, I probably should have told him this. Oh, he might need to know that. Um, you know, that just, it, it undermines trust. That's right. The lack of honesty, a lack of, a lack of communication um, undermines your freedom to be able to speak honestly and truthfully, to be vulnerable with one another, to really be who you are. And we've talked about this so much here that when you are beginning a dating relationship and when you're, even when you're moving through and maturing in your dating relationship, man, you've got your best foot forward. I mean, you are showing all the good stuff. It is like prime time. But you get into the nitty gritty and the real life and the everyday and the, your hair looks like alfalfa when you wake up in the morning and, you know, you're you don't smell so great, and all of that, and where life gets real, and times get hard, and, and then all of a sudden, there's this undercurrent of mm-hmm. things that haven't been shared. Mm-hmm. That's just not a great way to start, That's right. and it doesn't, it doesn't breed honesty, and put, put yourself in the other person's shoes. I try to do this so often. Do I want Chris to be honest with me? Yes, absolutely, Is there anything that he could say to me that would change how I feel? Well, maybe, but I still want him to be honest about it. Do you want me to be honest with you? I do. Yeah. So I I think if you want that honesty, you need to give that honesty as well. Colossians chapter 3 verse 9 says this, Do not lie to each other since you have been taken hold of your old self and your practices. Uh, another, Proverbs 10, 9 says, Whoever walks with integrity walks securely, but whoever takes a crooked path will be find out, found out. And I think it's just one of those things that you have to be honest because if you don't, and I, I said this first service as well, you know, there's going to come a time in your relationship where you're going to have this crisis where, okay, am I, should I be honest and let them know the real me? Or should I just keep on putting up the face and and, and posing? Should I keep my image up? And see, I think that's what many times we do on social media and so many other things. We have an image that we want to maintain, and we just put the front up. But really, when we do that, people really don't get to know the real you. And you think, well, they really didn't maybe even fall in love with the real me. It was just this image that I put out there. None of us want to be alone. We want to be known. God has given us that that desire. So uh, that means sometimes you're going to have to be honest, and sometimes honesty uh, can be painful. There's a um, Proverbs 27.2 maybe. Um, Wounds from a friend are better than kisses from an enemy. And the whole point about that is um, you want to be able to be true to a friend, and even sometimes when it hurts. So uh, Mm -hmm. that's good. Okay. Um, question five. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm at the end of the day. Tired. I'm tired at the end of the day. How do I make space for intimacy? Uh, I'm not going to answer this one because, it, honestly, guys, we can be tired at the end of the day, and in seven seconds we're ready to go, right? right? I mean, there's just like, you may have gotten fired that day, and you're like, hey, you know. So um, I'm going to let my wife answer this one. We were talking in the first service about this, and I said, um, you know, it's, for dudes, it's a little different. You know, ladies, we, we got a lot of layers. You know, I mean, it's just true. We, You're we, like an onion. Thank you. <laughs> I really appreciate that. 
Great. Well, now that we know that we stink. Uh, um, don't make me cry. Don't. I'm not going to make you cry. Um, I was just trying. I made me think about the end of my day. You know, what does the end of my day usually look like? Um, lately, the end of my day has looked like I finish up work. And then uh, my mom is currently in the nursing home. So I go visit my mom in the nursing home. And then I come home. And um, Chris and the boys have usually gotten lunches together. But there's some laundry to be done. And there's some things to be cleaned up. And so I'm scurrying around trying to get all that done. And I come upstairs. And good Lord, he's got the candles lit, y'all. He's got his silky pajamas on. You know, he's over in the corner. And let's get it on, you know. And he's got that... When I need that, when I get that feeling, I need sexual healing. Uh Uh-huh, right, yep. So, you know, so he's over there putting out the vibe and all that, and I'm just like, listen, have I expressed to you how much I hate doing laundry? Have you noticed that I've started a new system where I make piles of it and I hide it in different corners of the house just so that I don't have to put it away? Have you noticed that? And you know what? I've not been to the grocery in two weeks, but y'all haven't noticed because I make a really good bologna casserole. Yes, I do. You know, and and the garage door is still broken, and the oven light, every time we turn on, it says F3, which good Lord only knows that means. And, you know, so... This really is the truth. i got to be honest with you. It's totally true. I'm not not making any of it. Yeah, yeah. It just beeps all the time. It's so aggravating. I don't know. We've had to use a crock pot for like the past (laughs) month. If any of you are oven people, call me, please. I need some oven people. Um, anyway, so, I mean, that, I mean, that's very real. And so, you know, he's like, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. Mm. And, you know, he's got other things. He's like, you want to snuggle? I'm like, no, I don't want to snuggle. Are you hearing what I'm saying, you know? So I think, first of all, you've got to make that connection. Men, I just want to tell you with all the love in my heart, even though you are married and you are one, your wife is not your 24-hour-a-day satisfaction sexual physical machine. It's just not going to happen. And somebody in the first service went, what? So don't lie. He said that out loud, that loud. What? It's like, oh my. But ladies, I want to tell you too that, you know, for us, we have, sometimes have that unrealistic expectation that, you know, well, my husband is, you know, he's got to do this and do this and the honey-do list and accomplish it and get it done so that I can do what I need to do. And y'all, that's just not how they're made. And so I think we have to understand how one another is made so that when we come together, we can carve out that time for intimacy. Now for me... That means that when I share all that stuff with Chris, that I want you to be looking at me. Yeah, just like that. Just like I want that. you to look at me, and um, I don't just want to be a talking head. You know, I don't want you to be like, oh my God, and mm-hmm. you go. Oh. Yeah, right. That, that does nothing for me. You know? so, so when we're able to connect in that way, and I feel like I've been heard, then all of a sudden it's like, oh, okay, good, right. Now, what were you saying? Brown chicken, wow, wow. Um, so, you know, so I think there's a process there. I think that we, we have to think about the needs of our spouse. We have to think about, really, consider their time, consider their day. And, of course, I mean, all that physical stuff is wonderful and beautiful. It just takes us, takes me, I'll speak for myself, just a little longer to get there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And uh, one of the things I said at a Mary Life Live three or four weeks ago, by the way, if you quick plug. If you haven't been to a Married Life Live, we do them four times a year, and it's just basically a date night with your spouse. But one of the things I encourage couples to do is for men, to you guys, we got, we got to get creative when it comes to romance. Because your greatest need of your spouse, of your woman, probably isn't physical, but it's the romance part. 
So we just can't be always predictable. And then I told the ladies, ladies, you guys kind of got to get a little crazy in the bedroom. And because that's what guys want. And if we can, remember what we talked about with this in this bedroom confessions, if we can give the other person what they need and not focus on our own needs, then it becomes a cycle where you're trying to out-love one another. And that's always a good cycle to be in. Yeah, I think you shared with everybody this morning that the first year of our marriage was terrible. Yeah, I, um, I mean, I did. I mean, our, and the reason why I say that is because some, be, some of you think, well, y'all are great. You're a pastor. She's a pastor's wife, and you guys got it made. And really, uh, I mean, we, we have ups and downs just like you guys do. Uh, our first year of marriage was a very much of a really big struggle for us. Um, you know, uh, we didn't do a lot of stuff perfectly, but one thing that we did do is, is that we, um, uh, we both did not have sex before we got married. Um, and that there was good. Uh, there wasn't any comparisons, but all of that was new to us. Managing money together was new to us. Living with another person was new to us. Everything was new. And we just had to kind of, after a while, I kind of almost felt like a pinball that was bouncing off of bumpers of uh, just problems. And eventually, you know, we got them worked out. Um, we, had, we, got, we got into uh, people that, or, who loved us and a community who was able to speak into us. And uh, we got around some other couples who were a little bit older than us and said, you know, you know, this is not the end of the world when you think this or whatever. And it was just very, very helpful. It gave us some perspective. Mm-hmm. So absolutely. All right. Uh, here's a, another question. When you are pregnant and feeling sick or in pain, how could you possibly be intimate with your husband? Some things you just can't force no matter how guilty you feel. Mm-hmm. I'm going to let you uh, answer that question because I haven't grown a baby. Um, so... It's a that. human. It's it sounds. Human. It has a lot more impact when you say grow a human. Well, uh, I think. I mean, if you really think about it, women, you guys are amazing because I mean, you can grow a human within your body. You can deliver the human through your body. Uh, you can feed a human with your body. And when you think about the male contribution to life. We're not that much. Uh, so, uh, I mean, right? You were like, I was there too for like five seconds doing what you always hey, say about, right? Hey, hello, Just say it. Anyway. Cross that line. Continue. Line in the sand there. Continue. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, well, you know, I mean, I will say that we, um, we kind of experienced this with our first son, with Walt, when I was pregnant with him. We had a little scare at the beginning and we're worried about some miscarriage and things like that and so I mean for me I was just like huh don't touch me just I'm scared and and it was just it was a scary time um and so we really battled this uh during our first pregnancy and um it's it's not easy I mean it's just not it's not easy for a female who's going through pregnancy I mean I mean you just can't touch that I mean what other time are are you being more productive than when you're growing a human I, I mean just I I can't think of it. So um, you've got all this stuff going on in your body and in your heart, your mind, your emotions, your hormones, or all that. And then, you know, you're, you're still trying to keep intis- intimacy with your spouse. So I would say if you run into that, you know, just, just find some new creative ways to get to know each other or to have fun together or um, do some activities that maybe you've wanted to do that you haven't. Um, you know, find a way to not let it be such a downer, but still look for a positive way to continue to invest in your spouse and in your relationship. And I would just say this, have that conversation with your spouse. You know, those expectations are there. Your needs are not getting made, met either way. Have the conversation. Don't let bitterness grow and be able to just strangle out the love in your marriage. Um, so, again, it's, it's going to be a difficult conversation, but have it. Mm-hmm. Have it, absolutely. Yeah. Another question. If love keeps no record of wrongs, why does one significant other always bring up what you have done wrong? 
that's a that's a, that's a tricky one right there. Absolutely. You know, that's that's one of those things that like when you are in the heat of the moment and you're like mm-hmm. really just in a discussion and all of a sudden you just want to reach back like a, you know a year or two and just be like but you but you always or you, you never. never absolutely yeah absolutely. I remember when mm-hmm. yes absolutely. and basically what that does is it just takes I mean what, what do you have to stand another one that I don't like is give me an example Mm, absolutely. Give me examples. And, and I will say that, that that's that's something that I do a lot because guys, we're very literal. And she says, you know, you do this. Okay, can you give me an example of that? Um, uh, because I'm like, okay, I really want to understand where you're coming from. Uh, show me where I, I've messed up in this area. So it's not meant to. I'm not doing. This I know. I'm, I mean, so. just. I mean, we're just being real here Absolutely. this morning. So uh, there's some but. proverbs that have to talk about this. Proverbs 10:12 says, "Hatred stirs up conflict, but love covers over all wrongs." Let me give you another. Um, love forgets mistakes, but nagging about them parts the best of friends. So it's one of those things. Some, some people say, well, you just need to forgive and forget. Well, <laughs> that's great if you have Dane Blamage. The problem is, for most of us, we can't forget. So what do you do? Well, know this, that your forgiving of the other person is not dependent upon you forgetting. What you can do is you can forgive and not bring it up anymore. And I think that's what you should do. I mean, uh, I think that's what God does for us, mm-hmm. um, is that he forgives us and he doesn't bring it up anymore. And I think that's what we're called to do with our spouse. Right. It is tough. It is tough. I, I don't, I mean. And especially when you're in the heat of, you call it a discussion, I would probably call it a fight. What you want to do, it, it's, it's low-hanging fruit to pull back mm-hmm. and be able to, hey, you remember when, you know, just a few months ago, and it, was, it may have been eight years ago, Right. Um, that you did, you know, it's just like, you know, there you go. So, right. and yeah. know this, that that's not gonna, that's not gonna help the situation. That's not gonna help you understand her or, or her understand him by just keeping on bringing up the past. Mm-hmm. So yeah. next question, um, you want to, as a single woman, people say never settle. Is that the right thing to do? What does it mean to never settle? Will never settling mean that I will forever be single? That's a great question. And I shared um, earlier that um, I can't imagine having to date in this season. Um, The world of dating has changed so very much. Uh, Through social media alone, through the internet, through dating websites, through pictures and, you know, Twitter, Facebook, you know know what all they are. Um, That just, that blows my mind. You know, um, in the season when I was dating, it was like, who, who are you in school with? Or who did you play sports with? Or who did you go to church with? I mean, that, we were in smaller groups. It was much more personal. There were much more relationships there. And so for me, um, moving into that, that dating field was probably going to be someone that was in close proximity to me. But to know that you can hit a button on a device and open up the entire world of people and hand choose qualities or that are supposedly there in a person that's also online. I, wow. I, I just, I can't imagine that. So first of all, um, I just want to say that's got to be overwhelming. Secondly, I want to say this. Settling. What, do, what does settling mean? Settling means that you're going to give up on something that's important to you in order to, you know, go another direction. 
Let me say this. If you are a female or a male in this room and you are a Christian, the first and very most important criteria of your dating should be that you date someone who has a relationship with Jesus Christ. If you think that you're going to meet someone who is not in the same place as you are in that area and you're going to change them or you're going to bring them along, I'm just going to say, stop. This is far too important of a life decision and a life choice to begin unequally yoked, is what the Bible calls it. And basically, unequally yoked would be like, you've got two animals that are pulling a yoke, and one is 1,000 pounds and one is 20 pounds. Those, that's not going to work together. The 1,000-pound animal is just going to yank the other one right off the, off the field. And that's such a danger when you choose to date someone who is not a Christian. You put yourself in danger of being pulled from the thing that is so important to you. More often, it's easier to pull someone down than to bring someone else up. So if you decide from the beginning, based on what God says in his word, that I am a Christian and I want to be with a Christian, do not compromise. Don't even think about it. Because when God brings that person to you who is a Christian, the other things will settle out, I promise you. But if you can't begin with the most important decision that you will ever make on the same page, then you've already settled. Mm -hmm. So don't go there. Draw the line. Forget about looks. Forget about money. Forget about job. First of all, do you know the Lord Jesus Christ? And I would just say this. Um, one of the things you might want to do is you might want to make a list of those things that you want. Uh, you want to see in a future spouse. And then from there, rate them. Uh, everything can't be a number one. They just can't. Um, uh, you said, you know, forget about looks. Uh, there's a verse in, in Proverbs chapter 31. Charm is deceptive and beauty does not last, but a woman who fears and reverences the Lord shall be praised. Um, uh, because, you know, looks just doesn't last. So you probably don't want to put that at number one. What are some of those things that you don't want to compromise on? So that's good. All right, let's keep on going. Uh, uh, let's see, uh, if you watch a pornographic video or a sexual movie such as Magic Mike and fantasize your spouse doing those actions and not the person in the film, is that still considered adultery? Well, Jesus answered it this way, and we looked at this verse last week in Matthew chapter 5, verse 27. The law of Moses says you shall not commit adultery, but I say anyone who even looks at a woman with lust in his eyes already committed adultery with her in his heart. So, uh, uh, G what's amazing is you get the Old Testament, and Moses, you know, gave all of these laws, the Ten Commandments, and then you get to the New Testament, and Jesus doesn't just get rid of the Ten Commandments. He says, okay, you've heard it says you shouldn't kill, but I tell you, if you get angry with somebody, you've already killed them in your heart. Uh, I, you shouldn't commit adultery. That was Moses. But I tell you, if you look at another guy or another girl... With lust, you've already done it in your heart. Jesus didn't dumb down. Jesus raised the bar so high so that there would not be any doubt in anyone's minds that all of us are sinners and we all need a Savior. So uh, the, the answer to your question, I would say uh, if you're watching a pornographic video or anything like that, you're already off to a bad start. Um, th that's sexual immorality. And get this, God's word says this, and we looked at this verse, I think last week, maybe two weeks ago, in James, that every sin, when, it gives, when it's conceived, it will, it will lead to death, a death of a relationship. 
I, I've heard so many couples, I've counseled couples, who somebody introduced pornography into it, and then eventually another person got, the other spouse got hooked to pornography, and the, and the relationship just busted up. So don't do that. Um, again, you bringing in stuff like that, it's going to hinder you giving intimacy or receiving intimacy. So anything you want to add We also talked about comparison. Yeah, absolutely. How, you know, you, it, it causes you to compare what you've seen that is not real. Mm-hmm. So you're trying to create something in your intimacy and in the person with your wi- that you're with based on something that you saw that's not even real to begin with. Mm-hmm. So a movie or a magazine that's a photo that's been photoshopped or you know, perfect lighting in a movie scene or whatever. I mean, that's not real to begin with. So how are we supposed to um, bring that into our relationships when what, we've, when what we're looking at doesn't even exist and mm-hmm. it just causes us to compare ourselves against a standard that's not even real? So I think that's just, that's a very, a very hard place Absolutely. to go. Another question, what about couples that divorced or are now in a better second marriage? I would simply say this. I don't know why they got, don't know why maybe they got divorced, but, um, uh, hey, baby. Your, your, your stool is, like I, don't know, going, I don't know what's You're happening. shrinking back uh, here. Uh, uh, <laughs> 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 hey, baby. Anyway, I, w- I would simply say this is, uh, uh <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to stand up. That's good. Yeah, All right, yeah, very good. That's good idea. Um, uh, I would simply say this. Get that thing checked. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Anyway, all right, all right. <laughs> what was I doing? What was, where better, am I? Better second marriage. All right, what about couples that are divorced and now in a better second marriage? I would just simply say this. I would love the one that you're with. If you're in a second marriage, you don't need to get divorced in that person so you can go back and fix the first one. Don't do that. Uh, the covenant's already broken. So the thing I would encourage you to do is take ownership for your mess in the first marriage and confess that to God and move forward and then absolutely love that person in your second marriage like Jesus loved the church and, and give him honor and, and, and love her. So I uh, hope I answered that question. So, um, yep, well, a few more. Uh, what, so what do you do when you want to quit due to infidelity and past abuse? It has caused me to be all the things that love shouldn't be. Um, also, this is a, kind of the same question. What do you do if your husband is a sex addict who has committed adultery multiple times and participated in prostitution? Um, again, there's a lot of pain behind all of that. Uh, let me just say this. You don't have just two options. Get a divorce or be miserable in your marriage. There's more than that. And let me give you a couple of uh, resources. There's a a book called Torn Asunder, Recovering from Extramarital Affairs. And it's by David Carter. And I I would have you check that out. Getting into a community group where you can talk about this uh, and so that you can heal about that. And you both going to see a counselor. I think that is very, very needed. Very, very needed. Um, I'll say this. If this is a person who's committed infidelity and is, is remorseful and repentant about it, that's a totally different thing than somebody who's continued doing it over and over and over and over and over again and will not stop. So in those cases, it may be that, you know what, uh, you may have to separate for a while until somebody changes. Um, you might have to do that. But know that there's more than just the option of getting divorced. Now, let me just say this. I, I want to give you my opinion. This is what the Bible says. Jesus says that, uh, that there is the option of you getting divorced because of marital infidelity. Uh, that's, a, that's a very difficult thing to, to work through. 
And some people just want to pull the ripcord and get out. And you know what? I think God allows that. But I don't know if it's the best. It may be the easiest, but it may not be the best. I know couples who are in here right now today who have experienced the pain of an affair. And if you went back and asked them, are you glad you, did not, uh, you didn't file for a divorce? They would say, absolutely. Absolutely. My marriage is better now than it ever has been. That God can restore uh, what has been broken. So... Um, let's, uh, we've got maybe a couple more questions. Um, I'm in an interfaith relationship. What is the best way to maintain the integrity of our relationship without allowing the differences of our face to interfere? Uh, let me say this. If you're in an interfaith relationship and you're dating, you need to get out. Uh, I can tell you, it is not going to go well. Kim has already mentioned that. 2 Corinthians 6.14 says, Don't be teamed with those who do not love the Lord, for what do the people of God have in common with the people of the world? The answer, very little. And so, if you don't want your heart broken, I would encourage you to find a person who loves God just as much as you do, and you guys uh, fall in love with one another. So I would, now, if you're married, and you're, maybe you're a Christian, the other person's not a Christian. Uh, the Bible is so clear in this that don't just don't get out of marriage. That because you stay in that marriage, you bring a holiness to that marriage, and they get to see Jesus in you. So I would encourage you to to stick it out and pray for that person. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Um, so I got a couple more questions. How do you resolve arguments when both of you feel strongly on opposite sides? I thought that was a good one. That is our oh, life right hi. there. <laughs> we How only have two that? things in common. We should share that. I did. We shared this the first service, we did. right? We yeah, did. Go ahead. Yeah. We have two things in common, music and Jesus. That's it. In every other way, completely right. opposite. And it's true that opposites attack. Attract. Um, attract. Attract. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's, that is such a good question because I think it's something that we all face. You know, when you are in gridlock over something that is a really big issue, whether it be concerning money or time or, <clears throat> excuse me, employment or, you know, do we major life decisions? And, and sometimes it's, you know, the small thing. Um, read the question again. Yeah, so, sorry. Um, How do you get along and feel strongly on both sides or something like that? Yeah, How do you resolve like that. it? Is that it? No, we can't find it. it. Okay, great. Um, Anyway, so um, I think for us, when we have found ourselves in that situation, there's a couple things I want to say. For women, um, if you guys have ever seen My Big Fat Greek Wedding, that movie, great, great movie of of marriage and life and theology. Not really. But anyway, there's a scene in there. By the way, they're redoing it. It totally looks awful. Continue. Well, it's the second one. I don't know. Just, Here, down you go. Uh-huh. Anyway. Uh, don't. Don't you dare. Don't you dare. Okay. Anyway. Okay. So, anyway. Um, um, so, when you're, when you're gridlocked, there's this scene in there where it says, the, the wife looks at the daughter and she says, your dad may be the head, but I am the neck that turns the head. So, um, so that's kind of where we um, sometimes find ourselves. You know, I don't think that women are stupid. I don't think that, you know, men can only make decisions all the time. But it does say in the Bible that God has set our husbands as the leader in our homes. And basically what that means is that most of the time when our husbands are in a growing, thriving relationship with the Lord, and we come up on an issue where we've got some disagreement, the Lord's going to speak to Chris on that. 
He's going to give Chris some direction for our home. And at that point, I really need to listen. If I continue to argue and push my way, I may, I may steer us into an area where God's already given him some wisdom on it, and I just need to zip it. <clears throat> Let ahead. me say this, though. Um, it, it, God, it, Kip is exactly right. God has made the man the head of the house, but you would be an idiot if you did not listen to your wife. I'm, I'm telling you. So just because you have the authority and we're going to do as I say, no, 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 no. Uh, There's been some times when you and I have disagreed vehemently, and at the end of the day, we had to make a decision. And at the end of the day, it's my call. But again, I I can't really think of too many times that's happened. Um, Because we will continue to talk that out. Um, So I would say as a guy... To be the leader doesn't mean that you're just, you follow me and it's all about my authority. No, it means that you are listening to her. And, and again, when the decision has to be made, then you make that decision. Somebody has to make the decision. Because I want to say this real quick. Because you're disagreeing on an issue doesn't mean that you hate each other. Keep the main thing the main thing. The decision doesn't mean that you're at odds with one another. So don't allow it to be something that's divisive in your relationship with each other. Tackle it as what is the issue and how do we that's come exactly together right. on that. Exactly right. Exactly right. Guys, I, I thank you, thank you, thank you for allowing us to do this with you guys. One of the things uh, that we discovered is everybody has a lot of questions about this stuff. And you know what? As, as I've shared with you, we don't have the perfect relationship. If you were a fly on a wall in our house, some of you would not come back to one church. Because you would go, I cannot believe that pastor. I can't believe, because we're not perfect. But one of the things that we are is we try to love God, and we try to love one another well. And uh, it's okay to have these questions. It's okay to wrestle through this. And if you still have questions, I would encourage you, find a counselor. Go and see somebody and know this, that when you ask these questions in God's Word, that God will have some answers for this. It may not be the answers you like, but I promise you, he will give answers. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you. I thank you so much, God, to, that we're just able to come and be able to interact, Lord, with all the, uh, all the people's questions that have really just texted them in over the past four weeks. Um, thank you so much, God, that we can go to your word, and your word answers real deal things that we all struggle with. Lord, I just I thank you so much for my wife, and I thank you so much for all of the families in here. I pray for the men, Lord, that we would be men who led our families well, who listened to our spouses, who loved children just without abandon. And God, I pray that we would have men in here that would make the number one person in their life Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray for the women here, God. I pray that the women would be able to not tear down their households or tear down their husbands, but, Lord, they would be able to build them up. And they would be able to say, just as Solomon said in Proverbs 31, that charm is deceptive and beauty does not last, but a woman who fears and reverences the Lord, she will be praised. Lord, I pray that we would have women in this household, Lord, who just love you without abandon. Lord, that's so attractive. Lord, I pray for our children and our teenagers. And Lord, even though we've struggled through this this subject during the past four weeks and with kids and teens and all this stuff, Lord, I pray, Lord, that they would be able to be pure. That they would be able to save themselves for marriage. Lord, because we know that purity paves the way
for intimacy. We love you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray.